You're listening to The LaunchCast, the podcast about leadership, business, life, and growth with me, your host, George Andriopoulos. It's like food for your ears. George? Yes, Dave? Where do podcasts come from? Well, when two dudes with microphones in their home offices like each other very much, they get together and they make a podcast. And then they just see what happens? Yes, then they do whatever they want, and a dad podcast is born. That's right. We have a brand new podcast coming out, and it is premiering on April 7th with our trailer and first four episodes. Dave, do you know what that podcast is called? It's called the Over My Dad Podcast, and it is a podcast, but it's not just for dads. I want to make that very clear. We got a lot of stuff. We got periodic guests. We got just conversation, wacky business ideas opinions nothing too wild it's like a light joe rogan or like a really edgy ellen show that was actually the original name for the show the edgy ellen show and it is co-hosted by you dave thompson that's right and you george andriopoulos i can pronounce your name which i'm i'm that we're, we're halfway there we're halfway there guys check us out <laughs> every other wednesday we drop a new episode but our first four episodes april 7th don't forget every other wednesday and check us out on social media facebook and instagram at over my dad podcast and are we on twitter we are at over my dad bod cst join us for our movement towards nothing in particular see you there at this time i'm going to ask that you fasten your seatbelts. launch sequence launch sequence activated launch sequence activated five four three two one Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to the LaunchCast. Episode 212. We got a live one here tonight. It is 8 p.m. on a Thursday. And I'm about to watch the SVU Organized Crime crossover tonight. So Corey and I are going to get done with this interview before 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. But first... It's the launch dad himself, George Andriopoulos, bringing you your favorite podcast on the planet and Canada. It's true. Right now, as the beat drops. Into the black hole. Had to mention Canada, eh? For my buddy Corey in the green room. She'll be out in a second. What is happening, my friends? We are back for another week, another interview. Ooh, and I'm and I'm 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 I got chills tonight. I got chills because we just on my other podcast that we've been talking about, which I'm gonna talk about briefly here before Corey hops on on my other podcast. Uh, we just wrapped yesterday episode three. We wrapped our trailer, and in two more days we are recording episode four, and we're ready for our launch. And I'm so excited. It is just to touch on it for a minute because I want you guys to to get to know another side of me. Um, this is. The, the leadership stuff here, right? So I talk about um, my, my passion for leadership. We talk about unconventional journeys to leadership. We talk about all kinds of fun stuff um, in terms of standing up and leading and bringing that to your platform, whether you're an entrepreneur, whether you work for an organization, whether, whether you're a public speaker, uh, just a regular average Joe or Joan and 
you're doing your thing and you just want to stand up and, and, and sort of, you know, take charge of the things you're pas- passionate about. That's what we do here. Um, I don't often get to share the other side of the coin with me. And you guys see it when I have like the playful guests like Corey tonight. I know she's going to be playful. Corey and I, we have an energy. We have an energy. We, we definitely uh, uh, get along very well. And so we're, we're going to have a playful show tonight. But you don't see that side of me talking about just regular stuff. And so my new podcast with my co-host Dave Thompson who is from the Sounds Like Autism podcast, he and I teamed up for over my, the Over My Dad podcast. I, I want to, I got to remember to put the word the in there. The Over My Dad podcast, podcast. And it is uh, uh, by, again, me and Dave, the do-gooder dads out there. Uh, and we're just talking about fun shit. We're talking about, you know, the word dad is in the title, so of course there's fatherhood stuff and parenting stuff in there, but it's not just a dad podcast. Dad bods are recommended, but they are not required to listen to my new show, guys. Yeah, anybody could listen. This is an equal opportunity show, uh, but we're talking about fun stuff. We talk about, you know, real life. We talk about things that have happened um, uh, in our lives that are both funny and serious. Uh, we, we've been talking a lot. A lot about pop culture. I don't know if that's a theme in this new show, and you guys will see what I'm talking about. Um, we're talking a lot about some pop culture stuff. We talk about uh, uh, culture in general. Uh, Dave is is making the move from uh, New York to Nashville in the next uh, month or two, and so there's a lot to talk about there. We do bits. Um, we're, we're looking for people to jump in on the show and, uh, and submit content. Um, they want to be content creators on the show. They want to, um, you know, have call in segments, whatever. We're trying to build this thing. We're trying to make it a a pseudo comedy. We're not comedians by any stretch of the imaginations, but I think it's pretty damn funny. The show, uh, organically. And so, yeah, we're doing this thing. So April 7th. So this episode right here with Corey drops Monday, April 5th. Every single Monday, 6 a.m. Eastern time on Apple Podcasts and all the usual places. Um, But Over My Dad podcast will be launching April 7th. And every, so we're dropping the first four episodes and trailer for April 7th. And then every other Wednesday, I believe, I believe it's every other Wednesday. Maybe it might be every week. Who knows? Uh, We'll drop a new episode for you guys. So uh, I'm really excited about that. I am going to, there's probably going to be a commercial on this show that you're listening to uh, midway through for the Over My Dad podcast. So take a listen to that. It's going to have everywhere where you can get the show. Um, and I'm excited because this whole process of starting a new podcast, man, it's it's fun. It's bringing me back to a year and a half ago when I started this thing, the LaunchCast. And and this was when it was in its, in its infancy was just this newborn little baby that was like ready to be molded into uh, the the powerhouse that it is now, man. This this show has become a powerhouse, and so I I hope the other show becomes that as well. Uh, it's the lighter side of George. So um, excited for you guys to get to know that. So check that out every other Wednesday. But April seventh is our launch date. Please support us. Subscribe to it. Leave us a review, even if you don't think it's funny. Leave us a five star review and say it's funny because it's just a nice thing to do. Damn it, right? So without further ado, SVU starts in. 48 minutes. We're going to do this thing right now. Olivia Benson and Elliot Stabler are back together. I can't wait. I'm sweating underneath the sweatshirt. So let's do this with Corey. I'm going to bring this beautiful face on screen. Let's see if we can do this thing. There she is. Corey. 
What is happening, Corey? Hey. I love how you say that. It's because it's the nice thing to do. Right? Because why would you leave? I'm so nice to you people. Why would you leave me a goddamn bad review? Right? And that some asshole's going to do it anyway. But it's fine. It's fine because totally. being funny, whatever, right? Maybe it's not my thing, but okay. I'm drinking my coffee and here we go. So Corey Corrigan, I'm going to read a, a brief bio here. Corey is an energy alignment coach. And by the way, guys, damn it, is she good at this? Um, and we'll talk about experiences that I've had with her. Um, she helps female entrepreneurs and me. Uh, she helps female <laughs> entrepreneurs to release past patterns, break up with the limiting beliefs holding them back so they can find excitement in their business again and allow abundance in. That's what this whole thing is about. She discovered this path after Reiki fell in her lap. She started feeling, seeing, and reading the energy of others. And while in her session, she would coach people through what she felt in their energy and saw amazing transformations happen when they took the action that they discussed, right? So we'll talk about all the stuff um, leading up to that, Corey is an author. We're going to talk about her book. Uh, Corey has a new program, which I can't wait to dive into, called Clear Your Shit. Because this chick, she, she's got a potty mouth, right? So Clear Your Shit, of course that's what her program is called. This program combines all the best of each of the tools she uses along with the exercises and a little energy magic to help you realign with your goals, dreams, and desires so that you can finally live the life you know you were meant for and are long overdue to enjoy. Aside from her coaching practice, she is the mother of two boys, two men, and has two beautiful grandsons. She loves spending time with them and her family and friends, hikes, beach days. This is like her Tinder profile. She, she likes hiking and days on the beach and is looking forward to traveling and seeing the world. So, Corey, my friend, thank you so much for being here today. I've been so looking forward to having you on for like the past year, and we finally made it happen. Ever. I know. I'm so, so excited to be here. Yeah, I know. This Thank you. I'm, so I'm, I'm really honored to have you. So um, let's just dive into it. So you know the first question we ask on this show, Corey, are you a leader? Hell yes. Tell me about it. What is your definition of a leader? So I would say a leader is somebody who sees where and how things can become better or they can tweak something to make it better. And then stands up and does it, right? Somebody who leads by example, does the thing that they know will make something look better and takes that stand to go ahead and do it. Takes the vision that somebody else um, maybe is afraid to act on and then does it and lifts other people up to support that vision to, to create that way. Yeah, so so I, I talked about this last week a little bit. Last week we had Eric Morrow on, my buddy, and um you know, I, I talked about how this broad spectrum of this definition since I started the show. So we're like 50 something episodes in. I don't know what the total number is. But since I started the show, every single interview, I start off with that question. And can you imagine that this many times? I mean, it wasn't 50 new episodes, but, you know, 40 something interviews, whatever it was like. It's a different definition every single time. A little different. There's a nuance in there that is shared by most of the leaders, uh, but there's something that's always a little bit different. So I love hearing your point of view on this. Uh, Eric last week took a different point of view where he was like, the guy. Eric's a confident guy, so he just sort of stood up and was like, 
you know what? Sometimes you got to do shit yourself, right? And sometimes like when you're the man and, and you're or the woman and, and you know that you got this and you're the one that can leave, sometimes you got to stand up and do it. Um, but I love that you talk about leading alongside others and sort of lifting other people along the journey because that's really the other side of leadership, man. You, you can... Um, you could do the damn thing yourself. And when you're a true leader, you know that you can get it done. But you know, when we sort of raise others with us and, and create and cultivate new leaders, there's really no better feeling to me. Totally. Yeah. And I think there's that type of leader who, um, you know, knows they're going to do it. Right. And maybe last week's guest was like that. They're like, I'm just going to do the thing. I'm going to, whatever it takes. I know I'm the person who's going to get this shit done. For me, I almost found like it very much like Reiki. It just kind of fell in my lap. And so throughout my whole life, I was the person who helped lift others up. I looked for the people who, you know, didn't quite stand out in the crowd, who didn't seem as confident as other people did. And those were the people that I attached to. Those were the people that, I picked in sports or groups or whatever. And then you just, you know, through your friendship, through my energy, through my personality, those people come out and they shine and they do better in those situations with the support of other people. Yeah. And so it oh, just, just happened seemingly. Yeah. So, so I want to talk about the evolution of all this um, with you. So I, I met you through uh, um, coaching. Right. So I was I was guest coaching on a program that you were a part of. And, and I love these how these coaching programs, they just every cohort that passes every time you start a new thing, there's like a new group of people that come into your life. Um, and, and our group was was pretty special. You know, um, the people that we got to know and, and really got to know each other uh, through this mm -hmm. program very, very uh, deeply and intimately. Um, it was amazing to see as as a coach to watch the growth um through this program and it really was, you know, something that, that sort of showed me like, wow, you know, uh, I help people in my business in, in a certain kind of way. But as I was sort of delving into the coaching side of, you know, bringing coaching into my own business, um, that group was the one that really made me see like, man, you know, I, I can help people out there, but man, you guys like mutually helped me because you taught me so many things. Uh, about what growth means, how different people grow in different ways and, and stuff like that. So, um, and, you know, and we had a connection right away. So what I want to ask you is, you know, I, I know the enlightened Corey now, the one that's wearing glasses to look smart. Let me put some glasses on here. Hold on. Okay. So the one that's wearing glasses to look smart here, right? Um, no, I know the enlightened, I know the enlightened Corey and, and I've seen how much you've grown it, probably just about a year ago that I met you a little over a year ago. Um, and so I've, I've seen how much you've grown this year, not only as a human being, but as a coach, as, a, as an entrepreneur, man, like you've kicked ass this year. I would like to know from your perspective what kind of growth has happened since young Corey, right? So, so tell me about young Corey, like really young Corey and what kind of, you know, what kind of woman she was and, and the differences in growth that you see in all these years. 
Oh God. Um, so like super, super young me, me. Let me cut you off. We have 40 minutes to last for you. No, no, go ahead. So be quick. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, super, super young me. I was always that, I think like that peppy person, right? I always got along with everybody. I always fit into any crowd. I could, you know, whatever group of people there was, there was never really a group that I didn't fit into that I didn't get along with. There were obviously groups that I chose not to be around, but not because I couldn't, just because that wasn't really my thing. And uh, I would say throughout like middle school, elementary school, that was just kind of, I just floated like children, I guess, do. And then I got into a relationship with an extremely abusive man. And, you know, at the time to put some perspective into it, I was 16 and he was 30, right? So like he was a man and I was not. Um, and I think that shifted something for me because I always, even when I was a child, I always had this, this feeling of like, I meant for more. I meant to do something bigger, something greater with my life. And I think that relationship really anchored me into it because no matter how bad that relationship got, I always went back to that piece of like, this can't be it. There has got to be something more in the world that we are meant for. This can't be the, the piece. And so leaving that relationship, um, that's kind of what I've been in search for, I would say, for the last, you know, 25 years or so, yeah. you know, that's what I'm looking for is like, what was that piece? And this version of me, this enlightened version of me, now I now I have it. Now I know it. Now I've anchored into that purpose, that knowing. Yeah. So, so, you know, we talk about spark moments on this show a lot. So a spark moment is just this moment in your life that led to, um, a path that you went down. So a spark moment could in theory could be negative, but it's usually a positive moment or some sort of pivot moment in your life where something happened that just sent you down a path that were like, yeah, this is, this is where I need to go for now. Now, whether that was the end goal or not, doesn't really make a difference because those paths eventually get us to where we are now. So, um, in getting to know you and, and that sort of break up and, and moving on from that boyfriend, um, and, and you've talked, you know, within uh, group stuff that we've done and everything very uh, detailed about what, what went on there. Um, I sort of saw that as a spark moment for you, because especially like when I read your bio and one thing that jumps out at me is the term <laughs> limiting beliefs, because this was back when we we were talking about that, like what's Corey's coaching program? What's what's this thing that Corey is passionate about? And it is helping women especially um, get past those limiting beliefs that are holding them back. So, you know, talk to me about what that moment meant for you in terms of like the direction that you were going in. So if you think about like limiting beliefs, and I always say to people, your beliefs are developed between the ages of zero and eight, right? And then you basically practice them through the rest of your life. So for me, there was that, you know, awareness all of a sudden at 19 that I was the one that had to take charge and take control of my life. Was I going to allow somebody else to say, this is what you get to do. This is how you get to do it. And this is where you're going to go and when you're going to go and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Or was I going to stand up and say, I've had enough now. This is what I want my life to look like. And in order for me to do that, you can't be a part of it. 
and I have to do whatever it takes to make sure you're not a part of it. And, you know, at 19, like I look at my boys now, they're 19 and 21. They don't know shit. Like, you know, nothing at 19. And yet at 19 to have to make that decision and go, no, this is, it's on me. I have to figure this out was I didn't see any other way. And I didn't think about it, you know, the same way that now looking at it, I go, wow, that was a really big decision I had to make. I just made it. I just had to do it. And later, you know, going back and going, okay, what was the belief that that was attached to? What, you know, what kept me in that situation? What allowed me to kind of get out of it? And what was the, that, chemical bond within my body that I had to break to go, I'm actually going to step out of this and I'm not going to repeat this cycle. I'm not going to do this thing anymore. I'm actually going to just own my shit and I'm going to move on from here. Yeah. And that's what I did. It, it, it That's amazing. So w- when we transfer that experience to coaching now, right. Um, and I'm not, I guess I'm not asking the process, but what, what's that sort of mechanism, um, whether it's a motivation or just like a, a, a reality check moment, how do you get from the moment where you are told by a client of yours, um, these are my limiting beliefs, this is my trauma, this is what's going on, I can't get past it. How do you get from that moment to like, yo, get your shit together and let's move on from that. Like, what does that mechanism look like for you? So there's a couple things. The first thing is mindset. You have to be coachable in order to make a change, right? For one. So it has to, yeah. Like your results are not because of me. Like I've helped you and I've supported you, but the results that you get are because of you full stop, right? So you've got to have that that burning desire within you to make change. And there's a lot of like memes and sayings and stuff out there about like, it's got to be more uncomfortable to stay where you are than to make the change in order for people to do it. It's just human design. It's the way that we're made, right? But the other piece of that, I think, is coming out of victim mentality you get this awareness and this appreciation for where you've been and everything you've been in. And I know that it sounds morbidly twisted to say that I appreciate that abusive relationship, but I do because it gave me qualities within me, my strength, my independence, my, you know, all of these other amazing qualities that I'm super glad that I have came from that relationship, came from everything I went through and coming out of it. So I think, you know, as far as the process, if you can look at the qualities you got, the lessons you got, the benefits that come out of a really shitty situation, because we all go through them. Everybody has a story. Mine is, you know, maybe different than somebody else's, but we all have them. But when you take the lesson, you take the good pieces, the like, what did I learn? What did I like? What did I, you know, what qualities did this develop and harness in me? And then you move forward. How do you have regrets? Like if I didn't like who I was today, maybe I could look back and go, well, it's because of you and it's because of you. And like, believe me, I'd have 700 people to blame for like why I am where I am. But at the end of the day, if you like where you're at and you can see the goodness in you and the good qualities in you and your life, 
there is no regret. There is no shame. There is no blame. There is no, like, there's just honoring your journey full stop. Yeah. I love that. Um, and I completely agree with you on that. You know, I, when you become introspective enough to, to sort of look back, um, and appreciate the experience, whether they were traumas or, or not, um, you don't have to want them, but when you can totally. sort of get to a place where you go, um, man, I learned a lot from that. And obviously, you know, if you could do it again, you know, you don't want the pain, right? Like the pain is something, Definitely. um, that you would love to, to take away from it. Um, and sometimes when it's hurting others too, right? Like for me, if I had to look back, I, the one thing I would change is, is hurting other people in my life. Right. right. But my own pain, like it, it brought me to where I am right this month. I would not have learned those lessons. I would not be where I am today if it wasn't for all of the pain, all of the trauma, every single experience. And so I appreciate every experience I've gone through good, bad, or indifferent because it's, it's just a path. I couldn't imagine it any different. And I think that's an enlightened place to be. And if you can bring people to that through coaching, how could somebody ask for more, you know, because it really totally. sets you up for success in everything else in life. We, a lot of coaches, um, they try and create this link between the type of coaching they're doing and success. And oftentimes it's success in a business and whatever, whatever you're doing. Um, but in reality, it is life coaching at most levels, unless you're doing specifically like sales coaching or something like that. That's, that's right. a different story. But in reality, it's always life coaching because you got We have our own shit that gets in our way, baggage that gets in our way, and it stops us from being successful at other things. So, yeah, Corey, like being able to bring people to that place of, of enlightenment in order for them to move on and be successful at other things, sometimes they know how to be successful at that thing. They just can't get over their, their own shit, you know? So, so right. giving them that kick in the ass and going like, come on, get your shit together guys. Like it, it's, I appreciate that approach. I don't know if, if everybody is into um, that type of coaching style. I, I personally appreciate it because I need that kind of kick in the ass, you know? Um, totally. Yeah. I'm, the same, I'm the same way. Like it's every coach I've ever had. The number one requirement is accountability. I need accountability. Yeah. Right. And I think I even said this to you in the program we were in together. Like, I just need you to hold me accountable. If I tell, if you tell me there's this thing, don't let me wait until three hours before the deadline because yeah. I'm going to, like, I'm God, totally going to hold the myself. Worst. You were the worst. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so true. Like, and I think as part of an energy alignment coach, like that piece is, is really success is defined differently for everybody, yeah. right? What you define as, as success, I may not, and somebody else may define it differently. We all are individual. And yet we're trying to fit into this box of not being an individual. Like I want my version of success to be the same as yours. And we, we all have to have that same version. And what I always go back to with every single one of my clients is what does it actually mean to you? Yeah. What are your dreams? What are your goals? What are your desires? Because if they're not mine, then you're not going to have that. That It's not that fuel to the fire that you need to let go of the past so that you can look forward and go, this is what I'm, this is what I'm going after right here. Yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. Um, I, I think we can give a lot of women perspective here um, to do this little exercise. Um, very simple. I want you to give me Think back to six months, a year before that that breakup and, and moving on, 
right? Mm. Give me five words that pop into your head for what you felt like as a human being fundamentally back then. Six months before I left? Yeah. Scared, um, small, alone, hopeless, insignificant. Six months after now, same thing. Six months after, I would say I was still scared, but I was, um, I would say I felt strength. I felt control. I felt um, a little bit excited and about I like all the possibilities. I would imagine that scared feeling was a different kind of scared, right? Like almost, well, there's that trauma that just takes a while, right? So, so scared yeah. is scared when it comes to that. But I would imagine six months before it was almost like the fear of like what's going to come through that door as opposed to six months later, the fear of like how do I move on, which is a sort of good kind of scared, right, when, when yeah. you think about it. You know, and it's still fear, and it, and for some of us, it drives us. But, um, you know, that growth with getting through an experience like that—I mean, it's everything. Because that hopeful feeling that you had—I mean, eventually, that was a spark that led to the confident woman that I know today. I, I don't, you know, you talk about that woman back then, and I can't even imagine her. You know, I really, yeah. I can't, I can't. Um, all right, so you move on. Right. Um, uh, life starts to move on. What was the plan professionally? Uh, it's interesting because back then in those days, like leaving that relationship, it was I wanted to find a way to be a lawyer. That was my thing. Uh -huh. Right. Like from the time I was probably sperm, like I wanted to be a lawyer and somewhere, you know, along the way, I met my kid's dad and had my kids and decided dentistry was the thing because everybody was, you know, for the most part, gonna always have teeth. And we were always, gonna, you know, like something to do with teeth was always going to be needed. And so I went into that field, I dipped into working with a lawyer didn't like it. Thank God I didn't, you know, make that my whole world. Um, but dental was really kind of my focus for 20 years. I was in dental doing all of the fields within dentistry, you know, minus the dentist really. Right. Right. And so you talked about meeting, uh, you know, the, the father of your future kids and, and having kids. Um, what was that change like, you know, when going from, you know, single woman that had gone through, through all this junk to now your mom, you're, you're in charge of human beings now. What, what was the biggest difference in Corey for going into motherhood? Uh, I, I would say like when we talk about that scared piece, that was eliminated when I had kids. Like that was that spark moment, that pivotal yeah. moment. Because before I had my kids, there were moments where I would be in different stores and I'd be thinking, God, please don't let him find me here. Don't let him, you know, come into the store. Like, what would I do? And I would play these scenarios in my head of like, if he walked in right now and he saw me, what would I do? Right. The second I had kids that never occurred to me again, because I knew exactly what I would do because I had to protect my children. There wasn't this idea of like, oh God, I'm this shrinking little human anymore. Now I had to, you know, 
be this person who stood up and said, these are my children and this is not, this is not going to happen for them. And so that was that, that spark moment for me. It's isn't, isn't it the funniest thing? Like, uh, I can recall that for myself. Like I would, I would think the biggest difference for me is, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of people, they think about moving on, right? Like death and what that's like and, and develop like this huge fear of death. Whatever. I never really thought about that too much as a young person. I always feared death. Right. Um, but it's, it's the weirdest thing. That's the one thing I could point out that when my kids came along that I no longer feared death. That's probably the best way to, to describe the difference between being just a, a regular single man and being a father is that, there are these scenarios that, that play in your head as a parent where you're kind of like, I'm a, I'm a defensive guy. I'm a defensive driver, defensive walker, defensive everything. <laughs> my kids are learning. My little seven-month-old now is, is starting to move around. She'll be crawling soon. She'll be doing the stairs soon. I'll be having a heart attack 24 hours a day. That That's me. I'm like right behind her, pushing her butt up the stairs, making sure she doesn't fall. But I there are these scenarios where you're like, we're like in the street, like about to cross the street and there's a bus coming and you almost see this thing playing over in your head. Like if your kid ran into the street, like running out there like Superman and throwing him out of the way and getting hit by a bus. Right. And you're like, like it doesn't scare me because right. it's like, it's your kid. Like that doesn't yeah. like death. That doesn't phase me. anymore. You know? Yeah, exactly. It's funny that you say that because growing up, we always had this idea of, the weaker person walked on the inside of the sidewalk. And so when my boys were younger, trying to explain to them all the time, as soon as you cross the road, right? I'm like, okay, now come on to this side. You know, trying to explain to them why they had to walk over there and I had to walk next to the road. And I used to say to them all the time, like, well, because if anything happens, then they get me and not you, right? And it wasn't until they got older and now both of my boys have children of their own that they actually that actually clicked into them and they went, oh, okay, I get it. Now it's like, like you said, like I will jump in front of the bus to make sure that you are protected and it doesn't doesn't even occur to me. I don't even second guess it. It's like, oh, that's the thing I have to do. Okay, cool. And there's a there's a leadership aspect there that is so interesting. And and it's funny because I, I so I was interviewed on this podcast uh, a few weeks back and it actually just aired this week. It's called the Thrive Hive. Uh, the Thrive Hive, um, based out of South Africa. Such a good time doing it. And we started talking about fatherhood and, and this whole thing. And I, I said this thing, this line that I've never said before, and I sort of never realized it, but it really taught me for a moment how much parenthood um, built this fundamental like structure of leadership into my life, right? And so it's like what you talked about now. You know, walk on the outside, the kids walk on the inside so they can't get hurt. Um, being this defensive guy as I've, as I've always been, um, with things, I realize that with my kids, um, I do a certain thing where I'm, I like to flank everybody. I'm always behind no matter what, like if we're driving in a, in a carpool of, you know, a line, like we're all traveling <laughs> together, I want to be back behind yeah. everybody. Um, <laughs> if we're all walking in a line, we're all running on the trail or by riding bikes on the trail by my house here, I'm behind everybody. If we're all walking up the stairs, I'm behind everybody. And it's for two reasons. One is that um, I want them to experience it first, right? 
So whatever is happening, I want them to experience it first. And this is from a leadership perspective of like helping others grow. And so right. if we walk through the door, I want them walking through the door first. Um, I want them to see it before I do. I want that wonderment to be theirs and not mine. I've already experienced that. And then the other side of it is that whole like protector umbrella thing where if you fall, I'm behind you to pick you up. And it, right. and I sort of never even realized that I did that until I looked at that in, in that moment. And I was like, that's how I lead too. It's not just my kids. Like I want to protect others. I want to flank everybody. And so like, I, it's something I wanted to talk about the, uh, on this show, especially with parenthood. But you know, when you look at, at how you operate in life, it's crazy <laughs> yeah. how there you draw these parallels with your leadership and, and everything that you do professionally. It's, it's pretty insane when you get to know yourself, you know, after all these years of how these things parallel each other and how, you know, if you're a true leader, you sort of lead the same way in everything that you do. This episode is sponsored by the new cohort of the Leadership Experience. Unconventional leadership brought to you by yours truly, the launch dad himself, George Andriopoulos. Our new cohort is starting soon. And not only do we still have the same four courses, that's right, the public thought leadership track, the career leader track, the entrepreneurship track, and of course, the podcast experience. We have our first graduate level up level inimitable the newest one-on-one -on -one leadership class this is for not only if you have taken the leadership experience core class before and are ready to graduate to the newest level but for those that have experienced leadership and want to take it to a new level inimitable is for you i'm not even going to talk about it in this commercial you're gonna to have to contact me check out the leadership exp Dot com for details and to sign up for information. Inimitable is coming at you. DM me for more info. Later, guys. So for you, how does that sort of equate to, to your leadership, how you are in your personal life as a parent? Um, what's what's the, the theme between all of them? I would say that it's the self-discovery, right? Like the thing that I do in my parenting, which I also do in my clients is it's that no nonsense. I'm not taking bullshit. Like as humans, we have the ability to lie to ourselves. Like we're the best liars and we're the best believers of our lies. And in both my parenting and in my coaching, I have the ability to call that out and almost give it that like, hey, did you think about this perspective? Have you thought about maybe doing it this way? And it could be something sarcastic, like, you know, you just threw your laundry all over the floor. Like, did you think maybe there's a laundry basket lying around here somewhere that might appreciate that? And in my coaching, I do the same thing. If people are like, I can't do this. And I, you know, I'm stuck. It's this. I'm like, did you ever think maybe you could do it this way? Have you ever thought of like, maybe flipping the coin and looking at it from this perspective, right? Yeah. Because I always go back to that. And there's, you know, I have this actual a picture on my cell phone, and then I you know, pull it up more times than not when I'm with clients. It's the six on the carpet, you're standing on one side, I'm standing on one side, you see a nine, I see a six, everything is perspective. Yeah. And so if you can shift your perspective, just slightly, then there isn't that attachment to anything anymore. There isn't that, you know, the guilt and the shame and the blame and everything that comes with it. 
because it is just the perspective in which you saw it with at that time. You made the best decision with the knowledge you had in that moment, but now you're a different person with new knowledge, making a new decision, having a new perspective. So the choice is yours. How are you going to go with it now? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so speaking of parenthood, you know, I, I know you are a, a dedicated parent. Actually, I don't know that you're according to you, you're a dedicated parent. So I really have no knowledge base to go from. So according to Corey, she's a great mom. <laughs> no, so, so you're, you're you, every, the stories I've heard from you, we've talked about parenthood in depth. Uh, you're, you're a dedicated mom. Um, I love one thing you do in parenting where, um, you are like the ultimate at like teaching a lesson and then walking away and letting somebody sort of live that lesson. I love that about you. Like, you know, when it's time to go like, all right, I've given them everything I could do, <laughs> you know, <laughs> let them experience it now. Um, but anyway, you, you know, as, as a parent, as parents, we, we go through shit, man. I mean, it is, it is the toughest job in the world and, and you went through your stuff and we don't have to go through it in depth, but, um, you went through experiences and a book came from it. So talk to me a little bit about that. Um, you know, the book and, and how all that uh, transpired. So it probably started back when my kids were like eight, they're 16 months apart. So they were eight and nine. And I started noticing in my youngest Cody, different mannerisms, different behaviors. All of a sudden he got in trouble where he never did before. And, you know, you start researching, like, does it mean something? Is it nothing? Is it just, you know, that time? Is he heading into puberty? Is it this? Is it that? And, you know, as time went by, you're, you start to anchor into the, okay, this isn't right. Something's a little bit off here. And I think he was about 12 and we realized that he was struggling with mental illness. And so for a number of years, it was that on and off of like trying to get help. Where are we? And I don't know what it's like in the States, but here in Canada, after the age of 12, help is voluntary. So you have the option to say yes or no, which I think is like, complete shit at 12 years old, let's be honest, male or female, you don't even shower regularly. Like you can't even see that that's a good choice for life. So, you know, you, but you get the option to say no counseling's not for me, or I don't want to do that thing. I don't want to take that medication. I don't want to, you know, those kinds of things. So it was very difficult because their dad and I separated when my boys were two and three. And so there was a lot of conflict between the two homes and my boys very early realized to keep everything locked down super tight. Don't talk about, you know, what happens between the homes or in the homes, outside of the homes and that kind of thing. Cause yeah. they didn't share it obviously with each other, like, it, you know, my house to his house and, and vice versa. And so then to ask that child to then open up in counseling and talk about your problems and share how you feel and, you know, all of those things, he was very guarded. He did not want to do that. And as a mom, my hands were tied. I couldn't yeah. force him to do anything, right? I remember having a conversation with the school at 14 years old when he refused to go. And I was like, I don't know what you want me to do. Like at 14, he was taller and stronger than I was. So like, do you want me to drag him out of bed? Do you want me to get him kicking and screaming? Like, you know, what can I do to make him go? And the answer is nothing. And so, you know, when he was 16, there was, um, and we had some, you know, issues beforehand, but when he was 16, there was a suicide attempt. And that for me was my moment of like, I got to do something. 
And so I left my career in dental and I stayed home with my son. And it was more about, you know, talk about that hopeless feeling when I was in my abusive relationship. And this is so much more of that because it's not even my shit anymore. It's, you know, it's my son's and I can't take this burden for him. Yeah. I can't make it better. I can't do anything. I can't force him to get help. I can't, you know, in mental health, not because the system is flawed, but just there's so many people trying to get into a system that isn't designed to take the amount of people that need yeah, it. For sure. And so the wait lists are crazy long and there's not enough help out there for the people trying to get into the system. And so through that, I kind of felt like I was again on my own, right? That recurring theme through my whole life of like, I've got to take charge. I've got to do something because it's all on me. And the thing that I actually figured out was how I reacted to him made it better or worse for him if I played into it or I didn't, if I fed into one thing or another. And so in that discovery of how can I help him, I actually discovered like, how can I help me and who am I in this whole scenario? Yep. And that's actually what the book is about, is that reconnecting journey to my son and helping him find his way by helping me find my way. Like there's nothing in my book that goes, do this thing and your son will be fixed or your child will be fixed or they will get better, right? It isn't a go-to as far as, as that's concerned. It's really more of like, how, how are your stories at play? Like, what are you doing to contribute to the situation to elevate it or decrease it? And where can you, in a, in a situation where you feel completely hopeless and completely out of control, and you know, as a parent, that's the last thing we want to feel, but how can you gain some hope and gain some control and be able to then support your child in the best way for them, right? It might not be what I want him to do, but he's got to figure that out for himself. And so that's what the book is about, is it's reconnecting to my son and how we discovered, you know, where we wanted to go and what we wanted to do together. Amazing. And then, uh, but which, by the way, guys, uh, we're going to have all of Corey's links uh, on the show notes, especially the new program she's launching, everything. So uh, it, there's obviously a link to buy this, right? Yes. To buy the book. Yeah. All right. So we'll, we'll put that, yeah. um, we'll put that in the show notes so you guys can check it out afterwards. Um, yeah. So, so, um, and, and we've talked about what kind of effect that's had on you. And by the way, I want you guys to know as a, as a coach too, um, and this is, this is something I've learned about coaching. You know, I look at every sort of industry that I get involved with and, and I, I observed coaching for a couple of years before I, decided to delve into it because it was a natural fit to bring into my company uh, with the leadership coaching that I do. Um, but there are the things that I don't like about coaching. And one of the things I don't like is when coaches sort of get in this mode of like, you know, becoming like these godlike entities that just know everything and, and yada, yada, and prey on people, right? Because to me, that's yeah. that's bullshit. I see a lot of that even on Clubhouse, um, people that go on there. Uh, you guys have listened to our Clubhouse segments, hopefully, but uh, people that go on there and claim to be these experts and, you know, they're behind a phone and, and how can you really vet this kind of stuff? And I see people giving like the worst fucking advice and I'm just like, oh, <laughs> please. And I call people out on Clubhouse, by the way. I love doing that. Um, but but Corey does what any good ethical moral coach should do. And Corey admits that it's not always 
perfect. Um, we've had conversations where, you know, as the author of this book, she felt um, at times, even though when she put it out, it was good and significant and, and helpful. And then there are stumbles in life. And then Corey would tell me very, very honestly, like, I don't feel like the woman that wrote this book because we've had a stumble and it's like, how can I have the answers in this book? And then things get fucked up here. But that's the honesty of a good coach because if you get a coach guys that tells you they're going to solve all your problems and fix it and everything's going to be all perfect and unicorns running around and it's going to be the most amazing thing, run as fast yeah, as you lying. can. Yeah, run as <laughs> fast so as you lying. can. The best coaches are the ones that will admit to you that life is life and you're going to fall and guess what? The tools I'm giving you will help you land softly and get back up again. Right. That's, that's 100%. what the whole thing is about. So, and that's why I love what, what Corey does as a coach. So, um, Oh my God, it's eight minutes until last for you. Holy <laughs> shit. No, it's okay. Um, Oh my God, Olivia and Ellie. I can't wait. Are you an SVU fan by the way? Do you no. watch law and order? Oh, God, I don't have worst. cable. I only have Netflix and Disney. That's, that's it. That's, that's NBC. I'm ending this. Guys, this has been great. I'm going to play the, the outro. I am probably not going to air this interview. <laughs> um, now I want to, I want to ask you uh, uh, one question. So, so um, you guys will see uh, uh, when you, I really want you to to jump into any any workshops or whatever that Corey's offering leading up to her program. Um, I mentioned in the bio the Reiki and and the reason I called this episode. You know my my episode names are the bomb. Yes. They're fire. <laughs> Read any good people lately? Because this chick is like in fucking Saskatchewan, wherever the hell she is in Canada. And by the way, to answer your question from before, yes, the same. Same same rules in Canada and the U.S. except less moose here and the police wear different right. hats. Um, but she's like in God knows where, Quebec or, or Saskatchewan or wherever she is in, in Canada. And she's like reading me and, and texts me like, hey, hey, I was just reading you and, and felt a little bit. You want to talk? And I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? So I text Corey randomly every so often. I'm like, I was just reading you. Anything yeah. you want to talk about, Corey? <laughs> no, but she's incredible with energy. Like, we had a session where I just wanted to try out what she did, and uh, man, was she spot on. We're not going to talk about any of that shit, but yeah. oh, God. She read this is my when the soul. Outro comes in. Yeah. Like, <laughs> she, no, hold on, guys. <laughs> Bye. No, just kidding. Um, no, but she was spot on. So you got, I don't, I don't even want to get into this stuff. You guys need to just check, work with Corey, get a session. Um, it's incredible. It's incredible. The one thing I want to get into before we start closing things out and talk about um, your program is um, you deal with energy stuff. You even said in your bio here, there's a sort of, you know, uh, uh, energy magic that happens once in a while. How do you deal with, with and I because I know you've thought about this, how do you deal with the people that are coming for serious coaching and look and see woo woo at the forefront of it? Yeah, it's interesting because all of my people will be attached to in some way, shape, or form, um, some sort of that woo woo component, right? They some sort of spirituality, and they might just be on the outskirts, kind of looking in. And it's that intrigue that brings them to me. 
Um, but I get a lot of people who are very skeptical of like, what does reading energy look like? Like, what is that? And they almost feel like it's a psychic thing, right? Like, I'm going to tell you your future. It's scary as shit because I actually tell you about your past. It's not about your future. It's about your past. It's about how what you do today, those patterns and habits, those, you know, that continued limiting belief, how it plays out. And the superpower that I have is to tell you where it comes from, what it's connected to, where in your childhood, what experience, what event, what, you know, all of that. And for people who aren't ready to look internally and go, oh, yeah, this is this is me. I control this. I can do this. They don't want to look back there. They want to still blame it on somebody else. Like, who can I blame for where I am in the world rather than how can I take ownership and make it better? And so they're just, when I run into that, they're just not my people. I'll still give you an exercise or, you know, something to help you to get you through whatever it is that you're going through in the moment. It's just, they're just not ready for clear your shit. They're not, they're not there yet. There's the segue. There's the segue. I love that. So there it is. give me, give me the elevator, pitch. give me the 60 second elevator pitch for clear your shit, the program. So clear your shit is exactly that. It is that moment where you realize that you're hitting the ceiling, right? You're at that. You've lost excitement in your business. You're not motivated. You're not focused. You're not clear on what you're doing, where you're going and how you're getting there. And it's you're running those same patterns and habits. And I almost describe it like you're in a maze. And every time you come to that turn, you're like, oh, last time I turned right. Now I'm going to turn left. But you end up at the same freaking garden and you can't figure it out, it's that limiting belief. And so clear your shit is about owning that, letting go of that, so that you can achieve the goal that you are driving for and you can't figure out how to get there. Yeah, and and guys, um, having worked with Corey before and seen how she, how she uh, goes about this, um, She's to the point, first of all. So, like, you're in the middle of an energy reading. She not only, like, it, like reads the energy, but she's like, okay, this is where it came from. And then it's like, kind of get your shit together, right? Yeah. <laughs> so she, <laughs> clear your shit is literally the best name. Like, if Corey was a medication, <laughs> she would be X-Lax. This, this is, like, the clear your shit <laughs> of the farm. If Corey was a, 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 a household cleaner, she would be Drano. She'd be she'd be clearing those pipes right away. No, she's the, what she does is incredible, and this is in all seriousness. Uh, um, how she turned um, Reiki as a practice that a lot of people practice, and and a lot of people are good at, it and some people are shit at it. Um, but she turns it into a legitimate tool for a legitimate coaching program. That's what I that's what I love about this. So um, I wish you all the success in the world. Um, I can't wait you know, to see you keep growing and traveling the world. I know it's something you want to do. Uh, and we're going to get into that in a second. Um, and I want to thank you in advance for, for coming on before we get to the big three. Yes, thank you. Yeah, I know this was awesome. So guys, time for the big three as we have two minutes until SVU. <laughs> the big three. From the launch cast, the big three. We are going to throw a couple of things out there. Corey, you were going to give me your top three quick, concise answers for these three. You ready? I'm ready. Three favorite curse words fuck, Oof. shit. I don't think there is a third. I think those are my two favorite. I just stick there. Potty mouth. Okay. Uh, <laughs> three strangest moments in reading someone. 
telling somebody to masturbate. Oh, yes. Yeah. We can stop there. Talk about, talk about awkward. There it is. Drop that one. Um, talking to somebody about how their current marriage was tied into a rape trauma that they had. Um, and then I think talking to a client about a very serious topic while my three-year-old grandchild was asking mommy to come and help her wipe her bum. I think that was like a very, very game-changing for me. Three wishes for your sons for the future. Ah, three wishes for my sons. Love, uh, self-acceptance, and that they find somebody to accept them the way that I know that they can be accepted. I love that. I love that. Uh, speaking of traveling, the three places that you want to visit, three top places you want to visit. Oh, top places, Costa Rica, Sedona, and I would say Ireland. Can I just tell you, you are the first guest we've ever had that actually gave me quick, concise answers. This is amazing. <laughs> we're, we're, we're in time for us for you. Here. you I'll, I'll be caught up. I'll be caught up by the first commercial. This is amazing. Final one. Three messages for women out there right now who are being held down by limiting beliefs. Uh, you are the only person stopping you from having what you want in life. You are strong enough to have everything you've ever dreamed of. And you are not alone. There's somebody somewhere out there doing what you are doing and would be happy to support you. You just got to find the right person. I wonder if I can get a license to play the, the <laughs> chorus from the Michael Jackson song, You Are Not Alone Right Now. Probably not. <laughs> Corey Corrigan, coolest name ever. Thank you so much for being on today. I had a great time. This is a fun episode. I had a blast with you. Uh, I had hang, so much fun. Hang on for two seconds while I close out the show in the green room. And uh, and you know what? Actually, I'm going to let you close out the show with me. Guys, catch us every Monday morning, 6 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. We release a new episode. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, iHeart, all of the places. Corey, tell them we'll see him next time. We will see you next time. And don't forget, leave your reviews five star, even if you don't like it. That's right. And they, most of them don't like it. Guys, we'll see you later. <laughs> Into the black Thanks for listening to the LaunchCast today. Please make sure to subscribe to this feed wherever podcasts are available. Follow me, George Andriopoulos, at Launchpad CEO on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. And make sure to visit our website, guys, thelaunchcast.com. Looking forward to the next episode. See you soon, guys.